that's why this outsourced idea of branding is 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 I think laughable. Mm-hmm. And the people who really love doing this are the ones that I look around like they would do it no matter what. They would do this even if they didn't have anything to sell. The real question to ask yourself if you should build a brand is do you even want to get good at making content? Because if that answer is no, you don't even need to start. It's a trend. So for you to come in hot saying that you don't even need a personal brand, tell me more. Could you do the 10,000 hours? That's the real question to ask yourself. Because if you don't think that's interesting or compelling or you want to do it, then do something else. Yeah. There's only one way to succeed at life, and that is to build your own personal brand. We're about to talk why that's completely false right now, Mission Daily. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. This is Stephanie, and I'm joined by Albert, the one, the only, the man who thinks a personal brand is not necessary. It's not. So why do you say this? Because if you look around, you look on LinkedIn, you see all these young kids, you see all these executives, every person out there has probably been told, hey, you're an executive at this big Fortune 500 company. People need to know you. We need to get you on Instagram, get you posting on LinkedIn. You need to be a thought leader. And then you've got all these teenage kids who are like, I want to be a YouTube star. I need my own brand. It's a trend. So for you to come in hot saying that you don't even need a personal brand, tell me more. Well, we'll start with the source of these, this advice. This advice to be a personal brand is, comes from people who have already done it. And definitely have figured out a way to monetize it. So if you listen to an Alex Ramosi, a Gary Vaynerchuk, a Grant Cardone, like that's how they built their businesses. And or if you look at a younger influencer who is now a spokesperson for big products like the Paul Brothers for, or excuse me, I guess one of the Paul and KSI with Prime Drink, which is one of the most popular drinks. So popularity has always been a part of business. People who are charismatic, who can sell, who are interesting, are always going to have an outsized lion's share of attention. And so this advice started coming about of people wanting to say, hey, I want the attention on me so that if there's more attention on me, I can sell product. But what's not told about is what if you're not actually good at it? What if you're not interesting? I mean, that's the equivalent if we told all young kids they can all be actors or they could all be entertainers. But the reality is only a handful of people will rise to the top. And so this, this pressure, this pressure is, it could, because let me take that back. Of course, it's extremely beneficial if you're well-liked, building a lot of content and people follow you. Of course, that is super beneficial to your business. But this idea that it's required, I think is a fallacy because there's really only a handful of super brand builders like this. And there's way more successful businesses than there are uh, influencers in this category, if, if, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've talked about this before. Like if you're not actually passionate about it in a previous episode where we're like, you need three things, but passion was one of them. And the people who really love doing this are the ones that I look around, like they would do it no matter what they would do this, even if they didn't have anything to sell because they're such a personality or they really love making content and they've been making it ever since the early days when it actually looked pretty terrible. So I think you're right. Like having passion behind this, as with anything you're doing, like that's probably the only reason that you should be doing this. Because if not, if you really don't like it and your your first thought is, okay, I'm a big CEO. People need to know about me, but I don't want to get on camera. I really don't like taking pictures. I also freaking hate writing. Let me get a ghostwriter brand builder for me who's going to learn my voice yeah, and do it for me. I think it's going to be a huge waste of money. Mm-hmm. It, it just is. And so let's take an example of someone who's did it 
that we've literally seen the transformation over time because it's all documented. I'm going to use Gary Vaynerchuk. Mm -hmm. And when he first started Wine Library, it was just him reviewing wines. You know, rudimentary equipment, whatever he had, he was, he was promoting his uh, dad's liquor shop, wine and liquor shop. So eventually became more popular. People liked the way he delivered it. And he was starting to pair wines with like uncommon things like, you know, Doritos and so on. But even he always talks about like one is greater than zero, meaning he wasn't building it for a mass audience. He was building it for even if one person liked what he was making and wanted to buy wine, he thought it was beneficial to himself. And so that level of dedication to making the content is what we are talking about. If you think about every time he made a video, he probably got a little bit better at making the next video. He probably mastered his pitch just a little bit better. So over the course of years of practice, he becomes exceptionally good. He also is fortunate and people like him. They like him and they follow him and so on. So what you're talking about, the CEOs that think they can just outsource a brand to somebody else, it's just so unlikely that this outsourced group will be able to produce unique original content of which embodies you substantially better than somebody who actually is investing their own time and energy into doing that. You know what I mean? Like, who am I betting on? Am, am I betting on someone who is absolutely dedicated to the craft or am I betting on someone who wants to outsource something to somebody else who's probably pretty kind of good at the craft and then maybe they're so good that I'll be good and better than my competitor? That's just unlikely. It's unlikely. It's, it's just not likely. Mm -hmm. So for people who are maybe listening and they're like, uh oh, I'm already going down the path because <laughs> I was told that I need to build up a brand and I need to have a presence. I mean, how should they think about this instead? Because, I mean, I do think there is there is a line of thought of where the world's headed right now. People are going to want to see, you know, the humans behind some brands, maybe not all brands, but I do think that's going to be on people's minds when you've got, you know, AI building a bunch of things, building a bunch of chat bots and pretend videos that are people. And it's going to feel like it's a very artificial world. And like, who actually wrote this? I know I'm constantly thinking that on LinkedIn, even if it's someone who has a big following. I'm like, did you write this? Because if you didn't, I feel like I don't care. Like, unless I know it's coming out of your, <laughs> your mouth or, you know, this is something that you really like, or this is a video, video of you. So I do think people are going to be looking for that human touch, human creativity and wanting to see who's behind it. And I think that if you don't want to do this, you shouldn't do it. So I think there's a balance, but like, what should they do instead to still maybe have that human centric touch to their company if they want it without having to bog themselves down with getting on a mic and, you know, recording and making all this content and writing blogs or whatever. Yeah. So the first thing is I want to cut the head off the snake is people might be like, well, you two are doing it. Yeah, we're in, like podcasting is the entertainment business. So if we're not making content, then what are we doing? Mm -hmm. Okay, so we and we are in this. Bit. We did not care <laughs> when we weren't getting many. Like when we first started doing this together, we were not like, okay, if we don't get a lot of downloads tomorrow, we're not doing it. Like we're not showing up to the mic because we're not getting downloads. What's the ROI? Yeah. What's the ROI? We had no ROI. We were negative on it in the beginning. We were like, you know what? We're going to sit here and talk and tell our story and have fun and pivot, pivot, change the concepts. and. At the end of it, even if it wasn't succeeding in the beginning, I'm like, well, that was still an hour well spent that we either laughed, we learned something new, and we walked away where I'm like, mm, that was a good that was a good ROI of my time. So we wanted to do it. It was also for us strategically, it was a good way to attract like-minded people. Mm -hmm. 
And so we made the conscious decision to make the things that we could make, which is we know how to make podcasts and kind of share a little bit more about who we are, what we think is important and so on, because we thought maybe that will attract, you know, other people who want to find a supplier of podcasts that want to work with people that sound like you and I. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of our very long stretchy bet. And it is, you know, it's worked. We've have managed to get customers, but the, the thing is rooted in what we just said there is that we stayed true to what we could create and who we were. That's why this outsourced idea of branding is, is, is I think laughable. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's so unlikely it'll work. It's just, it's just, because nobody thinks like you, nobody thinks like us. Nobody th thinks like someone like, I think like me, that's it. Um, you know, it's a Gary Feline, which, which Hormozzi made more famous, which is like, you are your own niche, right? Whatever you're interested in is actually your thing. So no one else understands it. When it comes to brand building and you hear about people talking about this, they're only talking about it from the adv the vantage point of if you were good. Mm -hmm. Well, if you were good at anything, that's what you should do. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, a, it's, a, it's nonsensical advice. It's like, you know, it's, of course, if you were good at making content, you would be able to possibly build a brand around the content you built because you're good at it. That's no different from me saying I could sell a lot of ice cream if I could make really great ice cream. Or I could sell a great music album if I was just really exceptionally good at guitar. Like, it's, it's a nonsensical thing to say. If you're extremely good at the thing, it will help you. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. So the question really is, do you want to even pursue it? Don't say you want the ROI. Yes, the ROI, of course. I think we all want the outcome. The real question to ask yourself if you should build a brand is, do you even want to get good at making content? Because if that answer is no, you don't even need to start. Mm -hmm. like why, why start? Like You could focus on something else that you are more passionate about. That's how I think about advice for people that want to do this. Because I've, I've, I've met people just like you. They, they asked, oh, could you help me build a brand? I'm like, Probably not. Yeah, which I just <laughs> I got asked. What you're about. I got asked that yesterday. Um, yeah, think of yeah. think of it. A very successful person too, right? Oh, yeah, it's super Throw successful. Throw out some stats. I mean, this person, they have sold, I'm pretty sure, three companies. They're advising and essentially like leading almost 12 companies. And there's a whole other piece of their background where I was like, oh, wow, this dude is legit. And looking for help with brand building, which I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if you need it. It seems like you are getting in every door you need. You are getting pulled into the most innovative spaces. Why do you need that? I don't know. And But I do think there is an allure for what we're seeing now. Everywhere you go, you know, every platform you're on, you see like really good videos, engaging. You're getting pulled into it. You're buying things because, because of it. And you're like, well, it's working for me. I just bought a little yeah. crystal light spinny <laughs> thing that puts lights on the ceiling because of Instagram. So it's working because her video, dang, it was good. So I think people are just seeing that and it's making them be like, hmm, could I do this in my space? And it's just an easy thing. It's all around you. And sure, you could if you want to. And you're good at it. And it might take time. Or you, that's the biggest thing. Do you want to get yeah, good at it? I think that's, that's, you know, the, the fun part about making fiercely independent podcast mission podcast coming out soon plug um, is when you do the research on these people, you realize they would have done the thing regardless of the success, mm -hmm. right? This, they eventually kind of find success, but it wasn't because they wanted success first. It was because they wanted to do the thing. Um, you know, I, I talked about Jay Carpenter Burton. He wanted to snowboard 300 days a year. Mm -hmm. That was like his benchmark goal. Um, that's nothing to do with building a world-renowned snowboarding brand. You know what I mean? 
uh, I did a one of the episodes on Milton Hershey. The guy, if you read his story, that he was so devoted to making candy, like nothing was going to stop him from making candy. Mm-hmm. Um, James Dyson, who's someone I always admire, he's famous for making three thousand one hundred twenty-seven prototypes of the Dyson vacuum before ever having one that finally he wanted to show to somebody else. That's a guy dedicated to making vacuums. So if you don't have that kind of dedication, you probably won't be that good. Yeah. So like when you follow, when I follow people like David Perel, David Perel is a great follow. He teaches people how to write online and he's very successful at it, but he's also a writer. Like he constantly writes, like he never stops. And so he eventually got good at it. So if you were to take his class and write occasionally, I think you're lying to yourself if you think you're going to start the next great Substack mm-hmm. because you don't actually like doing that thing. Yeah. Yeah. I like um, one good example is I don't know if you've ever seen the marketing behind Liquid Death. We had a couple of their executives yes. on our show, but they just like it. And when I had them on the other show that I hosted back in the day, I think it was the CMO who came on. He was like, I was like, what's your ROI or how do you look at these campaigns? He's like, oh, we don't. They're just fun. Like we just do it because our founders like it. Our team likes it. It's ridiculous. It doesn't even make sense. Like when people are watching videos, they don't know why they're watching these and it's hilarious. And he's like, 80% of them actually just flop. And then we just move on because it's just fun and funny. And I'm like, you guys just love doing it. And the videos that they make really, I think, personify the brand. Like they're bringing such a silly, funny human element to water. And that is the brand. And so I'm like, I have more love just towards that brand because of what they're doing around it. But you can tell they really love it. And it allows that ability to scale because you can bring in people who can make it funny and silly and ridiculous. And it's not just based off who's the founder. Tell me their story. Yeah. So Liquid Death's under a little bit of pressure yeah. to because they have to show some profitability now. But the, <laughs> they spent the, too much the, on the all their crazy power. marketing. Womp, womp. Yeah, the, the brain power behind it, though, is really great. I, I heard the story about, hey, you know, we don't own water. Anyone can come up with water. We don't own aluminum because people said you should talk about how aluminum is infinitely recyclable. It's like, yeah, but the problem is, is anyone else could say it's mm-hmm. aluminum too. So they, of course, and I'm going to, through my lens, say that they became like this, like hardcore metal punk rock water is dangerous concept. Yeah. Um, Cause that's the story they want to tell. There was another person I got put onto that I find this ultra fascinating. Like, so the question is, is he a brand? Here's a, here's a fun one, all right? Have you ever heard of uh, the Van Trump report? Uh, no, I have not. What is this? Okay, it's by a man named Kevin Van Trump, and the Van Trump report, V-A-N-T-R-U-M-P report.com, is a, he, apparently he was a commodities trader, okay. specifically in agricultural products, and he was exceptionally good, just exceptionally good. And so he started writing about it. And he started writing about it and predicting like corn yields and wheat, wheat futures and stuff like that. And he's always right. People start finding out about this. And so he's like, oh, I'm just going to, because he was writing about it every day. He writes it. And he started charging money for it, like big money mm-hmm. to hear what he has to say. And people are making levered bets into the millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions off of his advice and winning so they were willing to pay whatever it took to get this report. Mm-hmm. Supposedly, the Van Trump report nets him twenty million plus a year. Wow, go him! And he what's his brand? Being good at his job. <laughs> He's really, really freaking good at his yeah. job. <laughs> Sharing it, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
people don't even talk about is like, is it well written? Like, there's no discussion of it. Like, he's always right. Mm -hmm. People are like, ah, I'll just pay the money. He got featured on. Um, I I got put onto him through a different another podcast, and just hearing his story, I was like, this guy was just he's he's just been into ag yields his whole life. That's 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 who he is. Like, like <laughs> that's so funny. You know I mean? I've just been into agriculture like that my whole life. Although he does have on, I mean, he has a life. Kevin Van Trump's life story. He does have that on his yeah. website. So he, it looks like Van Trump is trying. He's trying. I don't know how hard he's trying. I think there's a family photo <laughs> here with him and his wife and his kids showing. Okay, okay. One post like he's not he's not dedicating yeah. hours of his time building a brand. No, yeah, it's just one post here. One <laughs> post and one comment. Genius. <laughs> 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 yeah so i mean this comes back so, to you're just good at your job and you just keep doing something you love and care about and the passion behind i want other people to maybe know about this too that is the brand being yeah <laughs> so through the through one of the other businesses diesel jack media we meet a lot of veterans and a lot of veterans they look at people that are super famous like a david goggins a jocko willink and they think to themselves why can't i be like that guy that guy's a SEAL, I'm a SEAL. Mm -hmm. That guy's a Green Beret, I'm a Green Beret. That guy does Iron Man, I do Iron Man. Um, if you think about Black Rifle Coffee, which is a huge, huge publicly traded company now, Evan Hafer is the face of it, but some of the other faces are more famous than him, right? Mm -hmm. And then of the other faces that are on the team, nobody knows about them. And so people think to themselves, like, why can't I use my face, my, my military service, and be just as famous as those guys? And I always say to them i was like but you don't make videos with the volume and velocity that these guys are making mm -hmm. these guys don't stop like and and then even if you did it you would just be a me too you'd be now second right because there's already a guy like that so you have to kind of come up with your own angle and that's one of the things when we think about brand building is like unless you're doing the thing and you want to do the thing you probably just not going to be good at it yeah it's just tough yeah I saw uh, someone actually, which showed me the power of word of mouth. We were talking about maybe new windows on a house or something like that. Getting new windows. When do you get new windows? I don't know. And my friend's like, you should go check out this company. They have really funny marketing. And I go on their Instagram account and it's these two dudes, just ridiculous, like level of marketing around window, window treatments, like a little bit of vulgarity here, a little bit of like sexual innuendos, like. Whatever they could do was on this channel, but you could just tell these two loved it and they were getting traction. I mean, lots of people following them, but not from Austin, but then also people from Austin finding them and using them just because they have funny marketing for such a boring thing. And I had actually two different people in my community be like, have you seen this? This guy's really funny. And I was like, this is the window treatment guy. Yes, I've seen him before. So I do think because he loves it. It comes through like his personality comes through and he, you know, I don't know if he went into it being like, I want to build a brand around me. But I think because he liked doing it so much, he kind of stumbled into doing it that way. And I think his company is actually benefiting from it because I'm like all these things that you have to keep up with around your house. Boring. But if someone came and told me they're going to make it funny or like something to be like, OK, I'm going to try it out. Maybe I would. But passion behind it, though. And no matter what, he probably still would do that, even if it wasn't working. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, so there's a Nick Bear also is another one. He's local to you in Austin. He talks about like it didn't really it's not like he tried to create a brand. It was more like documentation. He was documenting himself. So Nick Bear 
uh, is the owner of BPN Supps, it, BPN Supplements. And he does have uh, a genetic advantage, I would say. I'm not saying he doesn't do hard work. He definitely works really hard. But he's huge and jacked, and he's also fast. Um, so he like regularly will clock his uh, marathon runs, and he's like running at seven-minute pace. He's like also like a bodybuilder. He can li- get his body up to like 220 pounds. And so that's worth documenting, right? Like you are now the content because he's selling supplements. Mm-hmm. Like look how fast I can run. Look how far I can jump. Look how jacked I am. And that works tremendously. But then the exact even bigger company is First Form. And First Form, Andy Frisilla only more recently started being the face of the brand because there was a period of time when he was like really overweight. Like really over. So like, how are you going to be the face of the brand of a supplement company when you're like overweight Mm -hmm. and out of shape? And he's, and so it's like, is it necessary? A personal brand is certainly helpful, but it's not going to be the reason why someone buys a bad product. (laughs) It's not going to be the reason why someone chooses a bad service. Um, And it's also, so that's like, if you had a good brand and a bad product, likewise, if you have a good thing and you have a bad brand, you could have no existence. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if you have a really great product, you just walk wherever you want and no one will know who you are. I always think about this when I drive down the street with my sons and I always point at big buildings with businesses that have names on them and you have no idea what they do. Does that guy in there have a brand? I don't even know what the fuck the company does. <laughs> He's got a big building. You know he must mean? be doing something right. <laughs> I, he ain't doing something wrong. I, 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 I don't know. It, especially like the buildings you see. Um, for decades, mm-hmm. like I, I go surfing from Raleigh to Wilmington. I've made this drive so many times, and I see the same. Like it's it's been named the entire time. Like you know, for twenty plus years, this thing's been in business doing its thing, like Interroll or something. I have no idea what it does. Never heard of it. Yep, I think it'd be interesting to <laughs> anyone who's thinking about brand building, thinking about the ten thousand hours of like what it takes to be good at something, and then doing yes. the math. Of like, what is my hourly rate or what is my return, you know, otherwise doing other things. If I put that amount of money into marketing, into hiring a team, into getting customer case studies, into personalizing whatever I'm doing with my customers, whatever, whatever the other alternatives are, I think it'd be interesting to compare financially of like, okay, if I spend 10,000 hours doing this because I want to maybe and I'm committed to it, is it worth it or is it more worth it to just double down my product? And make more partnerships and have new places to sell or whatever you're doing. I think that would very quickly make a lot of people be like, ah, I don't know if I want to spend 10,000 of my hours figuring it out. That's a great test. Because we've done it. We've definitely recorded over 10,000 hours. We're still figuring it out. <laughs> I don't know if I've personally have. recorded 10,000 hours. 10,000? So? I'm probably 1,000. 1,500. I, I can't. 10,000? That's a lot. I feel like I'm at 10,000. Because I've done. You might be. Yeah. You might be. Yeah. Yeah. You might be at 10,000 hours. But if every, <laughs> every new thing that, you know. And you still stink. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, I'm still figuring it out. I'm here for the cause. I'm here for the <laughs> commitment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there you go. That's, the t- that's what we've learned today is there's a big rush from, you can name it. Let's just go with LinkedIn to push and build a personal brand. There is no doubt if you had one, you would benefit from it. But the real question is not whether or not would you benefit. I think you would. Is like, could you do the 10,000 hours? That's the real question to ask yourself. Because if you don't think that's interesting or compelling mm-hmm. or you want to do it, then do something else. Yeah. Or you're going to give up when it gets don't hard. Don't feel that pressure. And then you're 
you're not getting the views you want, people aren't liking your content, and you're going to give up quickly, hmm, probably you shouldn't do it. Yeah. Imagine someone said that it, instead of like it was content. See, here's the, here's my hypothesis. It's because it's content, people think that they could do it. Mm -hmm. But if you named something that was like really, really hard, you called it something else. Like it's, it's not making content. It's I'll tell you something I hate. Cross-stitching. <laughs> I don't like sewing. I don't like sewing because I think it's really hard to put the your fingers are big the need the needle through the eyelet of the of the of the <laughs> the thread through the eyelet. Uh -huh. If you told me like, oh, you'd be more successful if you could thread ten thousand of these. I'd be like, I want to do something else. <laughs> yeah, I would be like, I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. Versus if someone said, Hey, Albert, you need to spend ten thousand hours surfing to actually be able to ride a surfboard. Boom. Yeah. Sign me so up. So use that Sign for life. If you won't spend 10,000 hours it's, doing it and committing and shifting your perspective. Regardless of outcome. Regardless of outcome. Having a good time doing it. Enjoying the journey. It's not about the destination. Unless you get to that destination and you still maybe are very terrible at 10,000 hours. Which maybe could happen. But I don't see how. If you really committed to anything... Well, that, I think you can learn. No, you would be you would be pretty You'd good. You'd be pretty good. Yeah. You would be pretty good. So, but if you would be pretty good. But that's the whole point, right? It's like the whole point of like the influencer is that they're it's outcome oriented. It's like, "Oh, if you had a brand, it'd be easier to sell your stuff." Okay. So how do I get there? Mm -hmm. 10,000 hours. <laughs> Long-term thinking. Yeah, I'm not doing it. <laughs> there you have it. Well, you already are kind of doing it, but yes. I try to put my personality into it. So I, that's why I don't know if I'm successful. <laughs> Sometimes it works. Sometimes it offends everyone. Who knows? But 100% of the time, it works some of the times. Yeah, there you go. Well, with that, I think that we've actually come to an agreement for once on this show that don't do it unless you want to do it. And that's... Unless you're more than once. Unless you're willing to practice. Yeah, practice. 10,000 hours. Mm -hmm. I'll see you all. Everyone's in this audience is going to be an influencer. I can't wait. Bye. Till next time. Listen to it.